Welcome to Competition Ready with CT. Today's guest is the awesome Vicky and mini Titans, short Titans, whatever, Titan coaching. <laughs> it's um, tiny Titan, the only tiny, I am the original tiny Titan because you can't get much smaller than tiny. So you Well, know, at four foot nothing, you can't really get much more <laughs> other than midget Titan. Yeah, this is true. This is so, true. you know, and you've got to be classes and declared as a midget to get that one Indeed. and you're not that small i'm not that small no, yeah so welcome vicky um we'll just have a little brief talk before give the guys and girls who are listening like michelle kendall laura and then an introduction to you what you're about and why titan coaching Okay, so um, I am Vicky Masita, aka the Tiny Titan. Um, I'm a 36-year-old mom of two, and I am a sports performance nutritionist, comprac coach, uh, bodybuilder, powerlifter extraordinaire. Um, you can see the little medal behind me. So I'm a silver medalist in the Commonwealth that was back in 2019 for powerlifting in the under 52 category. Um, the reason for Titan Coaching, well, a little bit of a background about myself. Um, I've been bodybuilding professionally for about five years now, but before that, I was bodybuilding badly, uh, which unfortunately, bad bodybuilding does still occur these days. Of course, it does. Of course it does. It does. And the same thing happens with powerlifting, strong man, strong woman, you know, in any other performance-based sport, it does still happen quite badly. Um, I was just basically prepped in a really, really bad way for my very first bodybuilding competition, where basically it was hashtag no days off, bro, um, no carbs, earn your carbs, cardio. Um, I got down to a ridiculous amount. Well, I mean, I basically had no body fat left, but I also had no muscle. Um, on my frame either um, I'll put up after this or I'll put it in the comments or something I'll put up before and afters of what I actually look like um, on my first stage appearance and it was absolutely dis disgusting um, so I was prepped really badly messed up all of my hormones um, and basically decided that you know I knew that there was a different way to do bodybuilding because bodybuilding should be about a realism of health on stage you know, we are supposed to be highlighting health, even though bodybuilding isn't healthy. Um, so that's the reason as to why I educated myself, did all of my diplomas, my degrees. I'm also um, an orthopedic nurse with a specialty in orthopedic surgery and GI disorders. I do still practice two days a month um, as a registered adult nurse um, in the local hospital. Um, so that's stressful, as you can imagine right now <laughs> um, with that. But this is basically where Titan Coaching was born. Um, the, the reason why it was called Titan is because we're mythological creatures that have, um, well, basically evolved from the underworld, I suppose, and we are indestructible. Um, and I am the original tiny Titan, but we create big Titans together. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's basically a little bit about me. Um, I'm a coach to world-renowned and world-class athletes all throughout the powerlifting strongman um, community and um, prep realistically all sorts of bodybuilders from bikini athletes to heavyweights. Oh. Hmm. Cool. So tell us a little bit about that little medal behind you. Um, obviously competing on the big stage. Yeah. Not just a little stage. That's a big stage, the Commonwealth. 
Yeah, the Commonwealth was a big one. It was my, it, to be honest, it was my very first massive international competition. Um, so I did the England's and I did the British and I became champion in those and I was selected for the for the British team. And then I was selected for the English team. So um, we went across to Commonwealth, which at the time was based in uh, Canada. It was a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really long way to go in Canada. Um, but yeah, so I was the under 52 um, bench press champion um, for England. And I bench pressed 67 and a half, weighing in at 50.5 kilos. Um, and then when we went over to Canada, nerves got the better of me. And um, I mean, I benched 70 at, at Canada and it was a beautiful lift. I got all, th all three for three white lights, which was great. Um, so I benched 17, came away with silver, which was joint um, with the gold class winner. The only reason why she beat me was because she was 300 grams lighter than me that day. And I weighed wow. in, I know, and I weighed in at 48.7 kilos that day because nerves got the better of me. So I had a nervous belly. <laughs> But um, the gold class winner actually weighed in at 48.6, uh, sorry, 48.4 kilos. And she failed her first lift, got 70 on her second and failed her third. So she only got one out of three lifts. But because she's weighed, I know it's just because we were equal in terms of weight, but as in weight pressed, but because she weighed lighter, she still got the additional point. And I was gutted. But I, I, was, I wasn't. You got three clear white tags, whatever they're yeah, called, yeah, Mark. And she got one. I would have thought, sod your 300 grams and like... It doesn't matter. Three to one. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because wow. if you think about it, though, even, even if she got... If she got 72 and a half kilos hmm. on the bench press and I got 70, it doesn't matter if she just got that one. She beat me by weight. The fact yeah. is, is that we were matched on the platform in terms of weight, hmm. but she weighed lighter than me, so she hit it. But I couldn't care less because it was the first time that I managed to bench press 70 um, in comp and I was at my weightest, my lightest body weight and it was my, it was Commonwealth and I got a silver at the Commonwealth. So do you know what? I'm not going to complain about that. That was a massive achievement awesome. for me. That is pretty awesome. So guys, obviously there's a lot more people listening. There's, um, you know, oh, we've even got Sky, Hayden Sky. Um, that is... Uh, one of our, our very famous people in the group, that is Lightning from Gladiator. Oh, um, nice Yeah, so Sky's in the group. Thanks very much, Sky. Um, question, though, um, we're sort of jumping ahead of where I want to be, but um, question um, from Tara here. What's your opinion of federations holding competitions during COVID? Oh, good question. Um, quite honestly, and I am going to be really honest with this, and people may not like the answer that I'm going to be giving. This is free reign as long as there's no swearing and naming the actual federations. Fair game in here. Um, we try to say PC a little bit, but we can be controversial. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'll, I'll take it from the controversial route, right? I personally think that some federations who are holding these things are... It's great that they are going to be holding some shows because there are so many athletes who are in prep 
and they have been slogging their way out in order to get on stage and they could be six weeks out and then all of a sudden it's like bang done you know you cannot prep anymore because you cannot go and show you can continue to prep should you wish to and then obviously just have a photo shoot which is going to be yeah. a little bit safer for you but this is what it was now the whole aspect of competing is the fact that you're going to be competing against people and you're going to be competing for a crowd as well you know but let's face it bodybuilding is a selfish sport right so you don't compete for anybody else you compete for you people who say oh you know i'm i know that i'm sacrificing this but i'm doing it for my kids no you're not what are you going what are you actually doing you're not competing for your kids you're competing for you so to be perfectly honest if you are going to actually be showing your body off on stage age from a personal and selfish point of view i think some of the federations have got it right no crowds you're just going to be showing off your hard work you're going to be competing against a certain number of other people who have managed to make it to stage so kudos on you that's absolutely great and it's a stage where you can obviously do your showing perfect wonderful in the other controversial side of view i do think that they are very irresponsible because they are actually allowing people to come and congregate in a very mm -hmm. small arena um even if you've got your face masks on and that kind of thing and the only reason why i am extremely quite passionate about this is because i lost a very good friend to covid who was an athlete um, and a very high strong athlete at the same time um, and so it doesn't just affect people who are older who don't have underlying conditions so the fact that I am very passionate about keeping safe um, I think again sometimes it can be very irresponsible so there's two sides of the coin with it realistically but I think it's each to their own and as long as they are going to be I, I totally understand that um, Tara's come back with even though they're compromising your immune system while you're on prep it's obviously at a very low state when you've got that lower body fat, et cetera, et cetera, and you put your body under immense stress. Sure. Like from my personal point of view is most 99% of people haven't got like, you've got an awesome bit of kit, like that leg press thing on your, on your <laughs> rack is freaking awesome. Like it's great. But a lot, I would say 90% of people who would want to compete don't get the option of having some people living like i live in a flat so i'm not going to have my whole place decked out in gym gear you know other people haven't got garages you know and i've seen i've seen some not in my view i personally i would not want to be outside even though i love hit, like lifting weights and stuff I would not be outside. I've seen people, videos of people outside in this freezing cold at this moment in time mm. and lifting. And I'm like, I'm waiting for the accidents to happen or the injuries to come mm -hmm. because, yeah, that to me, if you can't do it 100% in a gym or you haven't got your own facilities, I wouldn't be wasting my time. That's my opinion of it. I give massive respect to these guys who are battling it out in the freezing cold trying to get there uh, I, I think like it all comes down to your own personal choice and what it is that you want to achieve as well isn't it because like some people just literally want to be the IFBB pro and IFBB pros don't have the days off bro you know whether it rain shine snow whatever you know they're going to get out and they're going to do those bench presses so I yeah but I've, I've, I've even seen some posts flying around and some rumors flying around that people have been you know having keys to gyms slip to them stuff like that and i just think guys if you're gonna 
don't post any of this stuff up. Yeah. Don't antagonise everyone else who can't get in there, who can't do it. Just think you're the lucky one and think thank the lucky stars that you're staying healthy and safe and just respect other people as well because it is a piss take in my view. So getting back to my questions, thanks very much, Tara. And, guys, if you are listening, type in some questions. Um, I'm sure Vicky wouldn't mind answering some of them. But um, how are you dealing with it, being, i.e., a coach um, to many people, by the sounds of it, how are you dealing with it with the gyms closed, with your clients, yourself, et cetera, et cetera? It's not particularly any different to me because I am very, very passionate about keeping people's mindset on track. When you are a competing athlete, no matter what sport that you compete in, whether it be bodybuilding, strongman, powerlifting, whatever like that, your mentality has got to be 110% on point. Now, a lot of people, especially in this particular lockdown, and especially in this week, I was talking about this with my husband, actually, this afternoon, a lot of people are starting to say, do you know what, I've lost my motivation, I've lost my mojo. And it's my job to actually make sure why their motivation is there in the first place. So for me, programming is nothing really that different. Um, Even if people don't have their own kit, I can progressively overload them by use of body weight. I mean, let's face it. Well, you can for example need to one of the worst things about bodybuilders is that they do no flexibility and no mobility they're like rock solid in these robotic yeah yeah we, we are exactly right so the biggest thing that you can do as a bodybuilder in this particular lockdown especially if you don't have the kind of facilities that you want to do is progressively overload in mobility and flexibility you don't have an overhead press get upside down in a handstand do some handstand press-ups you are going to be so many people cannot overhead press their own body weight I can guarantee you, you probably asked 90% of bodybuilders to go and do a handstand press-up. Can't do it. Can't do it. So Can't we do it. a planche. So we basically get their feet up on the sofa, they're coming in this direction here, and then they can then obviously overload and progress it up to a full handstand. There are so many ways that you can still overload your muscle and still train and do you, still the same. Do you think a lot of people have got the mindset, though, is – I want my dumbbells. I want my barbells. I want my machines. Mm. I want my plate-loaded machines. Mm. Oh, my God. I want my treadmill for all those cardio bunnies out there. Give me my treadmill back. Mm. Well, <laughs> go for a walk. Yeah, absolutely. Go, go mountain biking. I've done more biking in the last year and a bit than I have in, like, four years before. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like just there's lots of other things to do. Like you say, you know, but a lot of people, I think it's they're stuck in their ways, and it's like I've got to, I've got to have my dumbbells, I've got to have my barbells. I think it's just because they haven't been educated in different ways. I have seen a lot of coaches as well. Don't get me wrong, I've seen a lot of coaches just kind of go, "Oh crap, what do I do? These guys haven't got any facilities. They, I, I mean, they're just going to have to take some time off training." You know, it's like, why? You don't need to take time off training. You can do so much other things. 
And it's my job to keep the motivation going. It's my job to make sure that these people, my athletes, are mentally sound and they're focused because everybody panicked. The very first lockdown that happened, everybody panicked. And they're like, right, Vic, what the hell do I do? I mean, my phone must have been going off for hours. Like, ping, ping, ping. I've got nothing to do. What do I do? What do I You know, all of a sudden, people wanted to reduce their macros. They wanted to reduce their intake. They wanted to do a crap load of cardio because all of a sudden, they thought, oh, my God, the gym's shut. I'm going to turn into a potato. (laughs) And it's like, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen overnight, you know? And every one of my clients were looked after. So it's to me, it's, I don't find it very difficult at all. I, I, find, I don't have pr- problems. I find solutions. And that's for every single person. Oh, like I say, you're, you'll be the kid at home. Right. So, guys, go and check out Vicky's um, posts. Um, and I think there's a video up on, was it on your Facebook? Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. on there. It was, like, it was like on Facebook, and this she's got this rig, and it's like a squat rack, and then somehow this whole platform folds down, and it's like a, a leg press in front of her, and she's got two bands connected with a, a bucket load of weights the other side doing these single leg presses. I was like, that's a wicked bit of kit. <laughs> Do you know um, what it is? It's literally a foot plate. On yeah. a pendulum hook, and I've just hooked it over my barbell. That's all it is. So it works on a pendulum swing. Mm. So if you imagine yeah. a pendulum leg press, that's yeah. all it is. Yeah, I thought it was, but it you, you don't see it. And I was just like, damn, that's good. Yeah. That's well, really, again, really it good. Just, it was thinking outside the box, you know. Uh, again, with, with barbell loading, um, you, there's a lot of lower back loading that you can do with leg days, right? Because you're going yep. to be doing lunges, you're going to be doing hack squats from behind you, you can be doing barbell back squats. There's only so much that you can do in terms of that without messing up your lower back. Oh, yeah. So, exactly. So I just thought, well, what, how can we get a leg press at home? You know, there's such an easy way to develop a, hack, uh, a leg press and a hack squat and various other bits. So I just got in touch with a friend of mine who's also a client um, who's a fabricator and a welder. Mm-hmm. And he makes a lot of strongman kit. And I gave him an idea and I just said, let's just make a pendulum in terms of a leg press. So we made one. We designed one. Um, and now he fabricates them and, and manufactures them and sells them. So you could also almost like do a pendulum hack squat, like squat as yeah. well with that bit, same bit of kit. Well, I've done it. Yeah, yeah. So I've done it. So if you have a look on my page, um, mm. or I'll, I'll post it in the group actually yeah. later on about how I set up a pendulum squat, yeah. and all I've done is attach it to a cable. Attach it yeah. to a cable, put two foot plates up, and then I have a pendulum squat that way. That's a reverse version of a pendulum. Yeah. Your pendulum. <laughs> yeah. So um, with regards to competing on the big stage and everything, how important to you do you feel – even to like even newbies like I've, I've i was lucky enough i played a lot of top grade rugby when i was younger um and missed out on playing pro f- footballer and stuff so when i was younger i had a lot of pressure that way but when people come to you now say for instance for strongman or especially bodybuilding first timers mm. how, how how do you how do you as a coach deal with them and get them to deal with the pressures of jumping on stage first time. Oh, be completely open and honest with them from the get go. 
everybody thinks that getting on stage is all glitz and glamour and it's beautiful and it's hair and it's makeup and it's you know tidy whities and, and tan and get to flexi muscle and all the rest of it and guys I swear to god it's not you know it really really isn't the end point of getting on stage is where you get your glitz and your glam all the way through it though you are going to feel you're not going to feel like crap if it's done properly but there are going to be dark days there are going to be yes. days where you're going to feel isolated and alone and I think as a coach, it is your responsibility to actually acknowledge this and tell people about it. So I've got a client at the moment who's competing in the first time as for figure. And we've just started her prep, which is going to be happening in August is the is the show that she's going to be doing. And she actually said to me, week one. Week one, she's been on this beautiful off season. She's growing a great shape, great muscle tone. And she's got a good relationship with food. But off season's the fun bit, right? You get to lift heavy. You get to have meals off plan. You get to really? eat all of the oh. food. Oh, and come on. Week one, with the, week one, you have to make a bit of a drastic cut because you need to tell your body yeah, yeah. it is time to start prep. We need to start yeah. shifting off some of this body fat. Yeah. This is what we did. And in week one, her check-in came along and she's like, okay, I'm hungry. I'm tired. This is this. And this is that. I'm like, dude, you're still on like 2000 calories. And this is, this is the very first chipping away element of things. We haven't even started getting to the name. What, what was she on before? What, in terms of food? Yeah. What was she on calorie wise before she, you dropped? Oh, like two, six, two, seven. That's not, <laughs> and she's freaking out after a week of that yeah yeah wow and this is and but then you see then she starts talking to other people and people are like oh you know my cardio got up to like two and a half hours in prep and it was all fasted and this so then she started getting worried because she's listening to too many other people so that's one of the other things so we had a phone call i phoned her up which is which is something that i pride myself on right is communication yeah, yeah. a lot of online coaches will not speak to their clients and do you know what guys Two V's up for you. I know we're not swearing, but two V's up to those people who will not speak to their clients. I can tell you now, I had my clients in Oz and I was back here. Mm-hmm. Two o'clock in the morning. Absolutely. Yeah, two you've got to. Two o'clock in the morning. I know so many coaches around the world be like, um, silent. Yeah. <laughs> silent. Mm. Um, like I was explaining to you earlier, I just had a lady come to me Puts, put a um, post up in the group about, um, you know, looking for a coach, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, yeah, her coach has mm, spoken to her once in a month. See, I don't, I don't get that because coaching is more – this is why it's called coaching. It's about manipulations and it's not bodybuilding. And, sorry, I get really passionate about this. So I get I, my, I don't I crack get on. I'm, I'm exactly the same. Coaching is supposed to be a partnership. It is not just about saying, right, here's your food, here's your training, here's your cardio, off you stuff. That is not what coaching is about. If you want that, do a Google search and you will be able to get it very, very easily. That's absolutely simple, right? But if you want to be the best bodybuilder that you can be for you, then you need somebody who's going to look after you, who's going to hold your hand all the way through that prep. And I'm sorry, but if you think that you are going to get stayed ready mentally, physiologically, hormonally, and physically on stage without somebody holding your hand, then you have got another thing coming. It just will not happen because you are going to be in a dark, lonely place. And the only person who you are going to be able to depend on is your coach. 
That's it. Because most partners, unless you're very, very lucky to have a partner who understands it, won't be there for you. Family probably won't be there for you because they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Friends, they drop off as quick as anything because you become the most antisocial mofo on the planet. Yep, absolutely. Eating Tupperware 24-7. Mm-hmm. Or, or you just don't even turn up and go to parties or whatever's invites, barbecues, nothing. You end up being Mr. and Mrs. Very Lonely and your coach should be your new best buddy. I was on the phone to my clients nearly every single day, multiple times of the day Mm. I was coaching. Mm. And this this is the secret to being a good coach is communication. You have got to provide, you have got to pride yourself on communication. All of these online coaches that I see nowadays, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm taking on clients, but I'm full. But I'm taking on clients. I've got 120 clients. It's like, how can you manage 120 clients? Uh, how can you? I, I, I said, I've stuck to this, stuck to my guns. It's not about money to me. Yeah. I had 10 people per season. That's it. So in Australia, they have a season A and a season B. Be like, we have the ones at the beginning of the year and at the end. I wouldn't take more than 10. Why, why would I, why is someone paying me a vast amount of money to prep them for however many weeks we need to for their individual needs? And I've got 50, 60, 100, 120 clients to go, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, no, no, I can't. Oh, yeah, wait a second. No, I know the magic cookie cutter is coming That's out the way. Yes, I knew it was. I knew I had to have something called the cookie cutter in my drawer. Yeah. But no, why would you do that? Mm. I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't want my coach. And it's the same thing when it comes to strongman or powerlifting, like making weight, right? Making weight, this is one of my biggest bugbears. I have a lot of people coming to me and they say, you know, I want your help in making weight. Um, and I need to make weight in like three weeks. I'm like, girl, you've got eight, eight kilos to take off in three weeks. I'm not doing it. It's what I like to call um, a... a a holy duck prep. I'm trying my best not to swear properly. <laughs> Occasionally it's all right. Oh, yeah, so you know what I mean by that. But basically yeah, yeah, it's, it's like an emergency prep and it's what I call a holy duck prep, right? And the or the Hail Mary. Yeah. And it's it's all of a sudden like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to cut water. It's like, why cut water? Why do you not just get strong at the weight that you need to be, especially if you've only got two hour weigh-in? And people are manipulating water and sodium and food in a way that they don't understand. And they come to me and I have to fix them for like 12, 18 weeks before we can even think about building their calories back up to a substantial level, not only from a physiological point of view, but from a mental perspective, because that can seriously mess you up. Oh, bodybuilding prep work. As I said, as I said to um, Zoe, who I interviewed the other day, and an interview before that, my coat, my, 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 the guys I did my qualifications with, that the first lines of words I said to us is the information that you're going to learn is technically you're capable of killing someone. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 it's stuck with me to this day. It's like when you got it when you first went for your driving lessons, right? You're actually in something that could kill you, somebody or yourself. So you know, respect it. And 
there's too many people out there who are literally we're going to go into the next question of this because it all sorts of combines into one um i just think it's not there's got to be some form of regulations out there i've always said this should be it's crazy but going on to the next question which is going to go into this anyway as well is your thoughts of social media coaches and more with that what is your feeling towards it between social media coaches yeah i mean like prep coaches after number one competition or um by the way uh yeah i've done one show didn't place i had a coach i'm just gonna nick what he's or he or she's given me and now i'm a prep coach right okay so this is one of my biggest bugbears because it really does annoy me right the the reason why it annoys me so much is because anybody can prep anybody can walk on stage don't matter if you win or not right anybody can win anybody can walk on stage it takes a lot for somebody to get into shape now just because you can get into shape does not mean that you have the tools the knowledge or the commitment to get anybody else into shape so the fact that you can walk on stage and go hi and then just kind of go okay now i'm a prep code no you're not no you are not i have gone through years of education of degrees of masters there's my master's certification right there that i earned last year mm -hmm. i keep on saying that i've just finished my masters i haven't i did it like last year but i'm you know it's still so fresh in my head you cannot prep somebody if you do not understand physiology. And if you've just walked on stage in a nice glitzy bikini or a pair of trunks and you've you know done your little routine and stuff like that, that does not make you a prep coach. All of the shiny, beautiful prep coaches are on social media. They know diddly squat about human psychology, physiology, the way that hormones work. And hormones do play a factor, a huge oh, factor. A massive factor, huge factor. Yeah. So, so going off this lightly, when if say for instance i came to you i'm just using me as an example right yeah i'm not natty i've done gear in the past okay and yeah. i said to you vicky prep me for a show say this time next year 2021 january 2022 sorry yeah um and i said to you right this is what i'm on i've been on like say for instance 2400 calories um yeah. then 20 minutes of walking a day and at this moment in time doing some lightweight stuff with some lightweight dumbbells just overloading with that mm -hmm. what would you say to me would you go and say along the lines of right yeah we need to know where your blood works at because you've been on gear a because of your age as well or would you just be like yeah okay here's my bank balance and um transfer x y and z into my bank balance and i will spin you over a custom-made training session to your needs with your dumbbells and here's your food right okay so first of all the fact that you've just told me your name the fact that you've done gear before and the fact that you're eating 2400 calories and you've got a couple of light dumbbells that's basically not enough information for myself so when I do a consultation for somebody, I send them out my forms. My forms are 13 pages long. I always warn them and I always say they're pretty, they're pretty lengthy. So please grab a brew before you start because you need to, right? 
I go into not only your past history, but your likes, your dislikes. Have you ever worked with a coach before? If you did, why did you leave them? What are your likes and dislikes about that coach? What are your aims? What have you used in terms of the past history, whether you've used dieting books, whether you've used a coach, whether you've used Google cookie cutter programs, you know, that kind of thing. Have you had any operations in the past? What's your menstrual cycle like? What's your life like? Are you married? Have you got kids? Do you do a nine to five job? Because let's face it, a lot of people who want to do a bodybuilding show, it's not a profession. They work as well. You know, so we've got to be able to make sure that you can do your two hours worth of fasting cardio if that's what you've got to do surrounding your lifestyle. I want to know about your uh, bloating. How many times a day do you go for a poo? You know, what's normal for you? Are you eating times a day? Can you eat multiple times a day? You know, are you a vegetarian, a vegan? You know, what kind of personality do you have? There's so much that is involved. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not as simple as that. And if you've done gear in the past, I want to know what gear you've been on, who supplied it, um, because brand does matter. All of the UGLs that are surprised that, that are supplying all of these uh, drugs these days, sometimes you know they pop up and then they get found out, so they have to yep. go down and they phoenix under a different name. Yep. So brand does matter, and dosage matter, duration right. matters. Yeah, you know, all of these things that we need to obviously know about. It's not nice work. Blood work too. Oh yeah, blood work, absolutely. So blood work is really important because if you take me, for example, I've actually just been put on HRT, right? Now mm-hmm. I'm not old. Um I am old. I'm an old bird. I'm um, not. You're younger than me, so you're not that old. I don't know. I don't know whether I am younger than you or not, am I? Yeah, well, I was forty three last not last weekend, the weekend before. Oh right. Well, happy birthday. And yes, That's I am good. younger than you. Um not by much though, to be honest. I'm catching you up. Um, but in in terms of like HRT, so I had to be put on HRT. My first bodybuilding prep that I went through destroyed my hormones. Basically, yep. I had no exogenous fat coming in apart from incidentals for over a year. Okay. So yeah, exactly. Ridiculous, right? And my calories were ridiculously low. So we're talking about over the course of a year. So the, the duration of that was about 1,100 calories, mostly from protein and vegetables. So you can imagine what I look like, yeah? That's bad. I know a coach. I know a coach in Australia, right? And I dated this girl after she competed, a year after she competed. Well, no, eight months after she competed. Yeah. It was over nine months before she had her first period. Yeah, that's good. And then it was six months from her from her first period to her second period. Yeah. And then um, it was another six months after that as well. Yeah. Her hormones were absolutely wrecked. He, now, the thing is, is that that's actually very good. For somebody who's had a bad prep, that's still very good because she regained yeah. her cycle. So the reason why I've gone on to HRT is because my first prep was that bad that this was in 2000 i lost my periods in 2014 in november okay Mm. so i was due i remember the exact date i was due to come on on the 6th of november 2014 didn't happen i immediately told the guy that i was being prepped by and i was like my period's not here and he goes well that's normal you know once you start once you compete and we start in your off season it will come back again never came back Never, ever, ever came back. To this day, never came back. So I had my bloods done over a number of years. I've had to have scans. I've had to have various other things like that. And don't get me wrong, I have put on weight. I've put on weight. I've reduced my exercise because it's known as... um... Sorry, my mind just decided to have a brain fart. Hypothalamic amenorrhea. I do apologise. 
that's what HA. So it's all down to low energy availability. So yeah, I yeah. had to actually reduce all of my my um, expenditure. I had to increase my calories, increase my body fat. I did all of that. Nothing came back. I had my androgen levels done. I had literally zero, zero estrogen, zero progesterone, zero prolactin. I had no testosterone, no free androgens, no nothing. Zero. No matter what I've been going through. So this is seven years on. And I've only just been allowed to go. So, so with all of that, did you get like the equivalent to like fatigue throughout that whole time as well? Fatigue as in like what, menopausal type symptoms? Yeah, yeah. Nope, never got it. Never had anything like that. Never had hot flushes. I literally went from having hormones to having none. So I completely bypassed menopause. But this is how dangerous things can get. Oh, yeah. Put your trust into somebody who knows not what they are doing. And that is being polite. This ba- this guy basically didn't have an effing clue, realistically. Yeah, I get that story. I get that. I understand that one. Hi, guys. Um, we've had a few more come on. Karen, Kyla, Sandra, any more questions for Vicky, please, please put them in the comments. I get to see them, um, and I'll ask Vicky. Um but so from a medical point of view, how have you been able to compete then if you've had zero of nearly every hormone known to man in your system? Have you seen how hard I train? Mm, yeah, I've seen like briefly. Okay. Like quite so, briefly. Mental. Yeah. Yeah. State, mental. yeah. Um, stupid, basically. The, yeah. You can compete with no, with no hormones. You can still make progress with no hormones. It's just really tough and difficult. Yeah, but really you're, you're, it's not like you're competing at, hate to be rude to majority of the world, at amateur levels. No. But, again, I'm a, I'm of a different breed. So my, my nutrition is always on point. I eat a lot of food as well, like a yeah. lot of food. Yeah, we'll get onto this because this woman has got the most craziest ideas of food, and I've seen it with pears in the middle of eggs and stuff like that. <laughs> and, like, combos that you wouldn't – I'm being serious, ladies and gents. You would not put your mind to – you'd be thinking, gross, straight up. Gross. You try oh. it, and it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to leave you on that one. Okay. You have your gross food, right, because <laughs> unbelievable combos. So, Yeah. That'll be Vicky's now request from everyone to see yeah, yeah, what <laughs> daily food pictures of her unbelievable combos. But surely, so I get why you're so passionate about it because of that experience. But surely you've had some good experiences as well, mm-hmm. i.e. with, you know, not necessarily that guy who no. was your coach. You know, so other than the Commonwealth, what other have you had coaches for most of your stuff or have you ended up coaching yourself um a bit of both so basically i have had coaches in the past one of my favorite all-time coaches um who is one of my best friends as well recently um is the name zach fotheringham and the we're very very um he doesn't coach me anymore because basically i'm not 
competing for anything at the moment so I just kind of like ticking myself over but Zach was a person who I depended on and like I was just talking to you about in terms of communication he allowed me to take hold of the majority of all of my training and my food choices my diet my cardio and everything like that and I literally just said to him this is what I want to do and he was like cool let's do that and sometimes when I went, right, I'm not dropping too quick. I want to do this. He then reined me back in. But he was always there. So he was basically my support system. And he would have a look at my physique and just kind of go, right, you know what? This is what I think we need to do. And a bit, bit like Dennis James did with Big Ramy on the last Olympia then. Exactly. Exactly that. So it's almost like you are still in control because I think when you're at a certain level like I am um, in terms of knowledge and knowing the ins and outs of the industry and it's not like you know my first time or anything like that you can have a little bit more rain over what you do um and sometimes i see so many coaches because of the experience that i had in the past yeah it takes a lot for me to trust somebody you know and even when my husband was talking to me and saying vic you look absolutely dreadful you look emaciated and you look this and you look that i didn't believe him because i believed everything that my coach said so it does put you on the back foot in terms of in terms of trusting somebody. But I think that's the reason why I put so much faith and passion into my own coaching, because it's like, no, I want to do this because I want to make sure that my clients trust me. So mm. I don't just tell them that they're going to do something. I discuss it with them. And I say, this is the kind of change that I would like to make. How do you feel about that? All right. You know, so there are really good experiences. And, and the experience that I had back then, would I change it? No. Would, would I change it to the fact that it would it optimize my hormones and all the rest of it? No, I wouldn't change a damn thing about that prep because it taught me everything that I need to know to not do to somebody else, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it made me the coach who I am today to go and learn, to go and educate myself, to go and talk to various other different people across the world. You yeah, know, I've got it, friends it, in the bodybuilding industry across the globe who it, are well-renowned. Do you think the young, obviously we'll go back to the whole social media and stuff like that, is do you feel like, obviously you're a mature coach, that's what I'm saying, you're not old, you're just <laughs> Yeah. Where us old coaches, you know, it. You, you sort of, once you hit a certain age, you start, you know, you will communicate with other coaches or your peers, you know, like, I'm, you know, I would speak to John Hodgson, for instance, mm. who's hopefully coming on in a few weeks. Um, and people like that, where they've got vastly years and years and years of more experience than I have, mm -hmm. vast more years. But at the same time, do you feel that the younger generation is like, because it's instant gratification on the Instagram, I've got 25,000 likes. I'm sponsored by a very, very well-known um, clothing brand, which, you know, we won't say too much of that swims in the sea. Um, and, yeah, it's a billion-dollar business. Um, do you feel those guys, it's not fashionable to go and ask their peers who might be more experienced? I wouldn't say it's not fashionable. I just think that they are too egotistical. So I wouldn't actually say that it's about knowing who they are, because I, I do know a good handful of younger coaches who are quite happy to reach out to other people and to just kind of say, do you know what, I think this, but just give me a minute and I'm going to go and verify something. But it's a small minority. Isn't Very it? small minority. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you are young and you're egotistical and you're a bit of a prat 
and you have these sponsorships and things like that, you know everything. Just like a typical teenager, right? Teenagers know everything. Whatever your parents say, you know, my parents are wrong. You know nothing. You know, you don't know about the world. You're all wrong and all the rest of it, right? This is what these people are like. And it's until they come to that acceptance of knowing their boundaries and knowing their realm of, of, of their scope of practice, which they will do when they get into trouble. So they all of a sudden learn and something happens to an individual based on hormones or, you know, whatever like that, health, mentality and things. And then they're like, oh, God, I don't know how to deal with it. But instead of actually reaching out, they'll just stop talking to that client. Yeah. And then when that situation comes up again, they'll then kind of think, you know what, I'm not I'm not really the right coach to deal with this because I don't know how to deal with it. So I'm going to actually pass it over to somebody else. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think that last bit is, I think people, you, you might get the odd few coaches say, oh yeah, well, actually realise, think shit, actually, yeah, no, 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 I'm not good enough for this. I would have said it was more like, well, no, it's obviously my client's fault. They're not doing well. Oh yeah, that happens quite a lot. I, uh, no, 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 it's their fault. They have not told me. They haven't communicated with me. I've tried to communicate with them so on and so on and so on you know i'm sure you've had the odd client over the years go oh yeah i promise you i've done i've been doing everything you said vicky honestly to the t i I promise i swear on my life and they look like a bag of shit yeah yeah for sure and you just think okay was i born in the last rain shower or was i like born like so many years ago and it's like wait wait a second where's the sneaky cupboard the the chocolate bars sometimes it's easy because you can call them out on it so what i do when that does happen i've stuck to it i'm not losing any weight and this that and the other so i'm like okay that's cool don't worry about it you know this is this week so what we'll do is i want you to have more accountability to me so i want you to send me a picture of everything that you eat and drink for the next five days and you know what they do it and they lose weight or they make the progress that you want them to make because you call them out on it and then when you actually get to it, oh, and you're like, very, very... I've seen everything, you've done it. Did you do that last week? No, no, I didn't. No, no. You, it's all fake pictures. It's like, oh, that's my husband's, like, salad and whatever and whatever else. Or in your case, salad fried egg with some pears on top. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't eat salad. Uh, <laughs> vegetables then. <laughs> Vegetables then, or what was it, spinach last night, wasn't it, or something? What did I have last night? So now I had burgers last night. Yeah, burgers, and there was something else, and an egg on there, and there was... So I had burgers, homemade anabolic chippies, which is new potatoes, air-fried. Yeah, that's and it. a fried egg, and then I had jalapeno peppers, some feta cheese, uh, green beans, and some spinach, yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, that's not too bad. That's I mean, what's, the the thing. Thing. <laughs> what's weird about that? That's okay. That, 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 that's respectable, that one. It's the one the other night I saw all the pears on. And I was like, pears with something. Oh, I can't remember what it was with, but it was crazy. Mm. But yes, um, no, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. You know, I just, I just think personally, these guys and girls, all great. Yes, it's awesome. And this isn't me being bitter because I'm not sponsored by the the brand, which is a billion-dollar business, um, because it's not my cup of tea. But, you know, I I actually watched a, um, a – how it's not a documentary about it. It was more like – it was a YouTube channel. 
mm-hmm. and this girl told us the reason why she's left and she set up her own brand um, to do her own thing because she couldn't understand the amount of the ath- sponsored athletes with this billion-dollar business um, are actually, you know, doing cookie-cutter programs, you know, compromising people's health, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and I just think those big brands should be responsible for, you know, they're sponsoring them, mm-hmm. you know, representing them. Maybe they should have, right, well, guys, who's qualified? Who's this? Yeah. Who's got that experience? Mm. And I just think a lot of these social media people, well, companies as well, should, you know, you should be qualified, you know. It's an unregulated industry, though. It should be regulated, though. It should. I totally agree with you. I've been saying it for years, but unfortunately you are never, ever going to get a regulation for this industry. You just won't. It's the same thing as being called a nutritionist, right? So I am a registered sports performance nutritionist, but I can still only call myself a nutritionist because mm-hmm. the term is not protected. Dietitian is the protected term. Um, yeah. But dietitians do not prep bodybuilders. Not that. Right? Prep coaches do. You do not need a qualification to be a prep coach. You don't even need to have a bloody PT qualification. Most of them got them off the back of a cereal packet. Yeah, yeah, Groupon. Groupon. Yeah. Over the weekend, and it can you can you can buy one yourself, and it's like $10.99 or something like that. You can yep. even get a sports performance nutrition qualification free at the moment. Free. Do you know how much money I have spent into my education oh. over these last over the last decade? Thousands. Exactly. And you can pick up a sports performance nutrition package free on Instagram and you can get qualified and have a little piece of paper that says that you that basically says claims that you are the same as what I do in eight hours worth of education. Really? Wow. Even better, you know, we could just Photoshop it, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm doing Photoshop course at the moment. So, you know, just send me the sample and I'll, I'll uh, for everyone, anyone who wants a prep coach certificate, um, £150, I'll print That's it out it. on uh, on Photoshop for you. You'd make a killing, an absolute killing. It, it drives me nuts. It drives me absolutely nuts on that one. And this is the whole social media industry. You know, it, it drives me nuts as well. Um, I really dis- disagree with it. Right now, I know that you had a little um, tweak in your back yesterday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shall we say? Um, without a lot of swear words afterwards, mm. I thought your post was very PC. Oh, yeah. I'd have been like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just kind of went, oh, the pain yep. is real. Yep. So I put a poll out today. I'm very interested in this because, um, you know, I've worked alongside one of the best chiropractors in the country doing sports rehab a few years back. Um, He's Lawrence Chavez uh, Cairo. It's my Cairo. He fixes us really, really well. Um, He does a fair few of the guys, um, you know, British Strongman and stuff like that, John Williamson. Um, and the poll was about training while, um, you know, injured or mm-hmm. while you're, if you're training now around an injury in lockdown. Obviously, what's your opinion of training around injuries or is that a case of 
you would rather go get fixed than go back to training? Or would you okay, say for instance, your back. Yeah. Perfect example of it. <laughs> so for my back, I know how to work around this industry, uh, this industry, the injury. Um, I called up my guy straight away and he is a magician with needles. So I went and had it needled. Um, I made sure that I had all of my heat rubs. I made sure that I had my bath. Obviously, by being a nurse as well, I know exactly how to treat it. Um, now, you know my catchphrase, right? My catchphrase is just don't be an arsehole. And it, it, it transfers to so many different things in life, you know, like being a prep coach. The minute you walk off stage, just don't be an arsehole. Well, you know? my, my, my one's um, assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups. Oh, that's very true. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. Never assume. Makes an ass out of you and me. Mm. Yes, it does. But assumption is the better one because it's from a great film as well. So <laughs> That's just true. Good, good um, old Under Siege 2. Yeah, um, Under Siege 2. Uh, yeah, which one was the better one? Under Siege 1 or Under Siege 2? 1. Exactly. So why use a catchphrase from the second? Because there isn't any good ones in the first one <laughs> as good as that. <laughs> So yeah, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. But that yeah, getting back to the question. So in terms of an injury, as long as you are not an idiot, you can train around it. There are always ways to train around an injury, depending on what kind of injury it is. So basically, my lower back seized up. Don't know why. Um, I actually went over my videos and it was like, well, actually, my my form was good. I wasn't being a prat. The weight wasn't heavy. And it was just one of those things that just happened. So it was my QL that um, got impinged realistically, and then all of my lower lumbar just seized yeah. up. So well, your, lum your lower lumbar will just go. And yeah, it was horrible. Away. It was horrible. But the fact is, is that I know how to train around it. So it's like this week, I'm not going to be doing any um, lower back loading. I'm not going to be doing any barbell squats, for example, or anything along those lines. Today was a rest day anyway, so it was a scheduled rest day, so I'm not going to be doing that. And any kind of push movements I'm going to be doing tomorrow are all going to be seated and I'm going to be wearing a brace. So there are ways that you can work around an injury. Um, I do think, say, for example, if you have a muscle tear, then OK, probably don't train through that. You know, there are ways that you should train through an injury um, in order to strengthen it. Like say, for example, you've got bad tendons or something. One of the biggest parts of our science now is that if you actually load the tendon that is causing you the grief, you're going to improve it and you're going to improve its efficiency. Whereas it's like my back, if I just stop moving and seize up, then it's going to be worse. Well, of course, you're, you're going to go and try to move and you can't move. Exactly. So it's if you carry on being a little bit more mobile and moving around, then you're not going to have the longer standing issue. So, yeah, I would just basically say in terms of working around an injury, work around it safely and efficiently without being an idiot. But then again, like I said, we've said PTs, you know, suddenly have gone from being prep coaches to now, oh, my God, rehabilitation coaches. Oh yes, as well. Yeah, definitely. As well. Um, so yeah, it's it's you know I'm I've had both shoulders done. So I if it's really bad, I will not touch it until I go and see my man. Um, I've got suspected um, bulging discs in my neck from mountain biking accident from four years ago. So we've we've stayed away from Mr. MRI and. Um, surgery for as long as possible because i don't fancy that any more than anything else sure no that's a good job 
So, yeah, we work around it. I, you know, I train sensibly when I need to and, you know, stupidly when I'm feeling strong and it's <laughs> not been causing me any problems. Sure. But, um, again, so, you know, obviously we think it's all right to train around certain things, but I, my advice is to go and see an expert, i.e. chiropractor, um, physiotherapist, not necessarily a local GP, though. <laughs> No, probably not. My view, in my view of that one. Um, so, yeah, so are you going to be competing again anytime soon? Quite possibly. What would it be? Uh, bodybuilding, predominantly. Um, Federation-wise? That's a difficult one. Not sure just yet. Possibly looking at um, the PCA and then possibly looking at Fitex. Right, yeah. Just, pro- just because, let's face it, right, a lot of bodybuilding federations are extremely political. Yeah, we all know this one. We all know that one. Um, so there's a lot of whispers. There's a lot of things going on. So I like I like Fitex. I like their whole knowledge around it. I like PCA. Um, two Bros, I think, is just going to be a little bit too far-fetched for my own physique and frame because Two Bros are extremely large um and extremely extremely political so i think the pca average would be about mine i'm not allowed to compete in natty shows anymore because of hrt um so i'm not allowed to do that that was going to be my next question so are you natty is your i'm classed as i'm classed as not natty anymore because um because i've got hrt yeah because of your hrt but prior to that were you were you natural yeah 100 percent so and p tested and everywhere else yeah so what's your opinion of that then gear versus natural each to their own the industry that we are in will use gear the industry that we are in will sometimes use um performance enhancing drugs in order to make themselves look better feel better be stronger and keep their hormones regulated there's lots and lots and lots of other things um that they use it for and it is each uh, it is an individual decision as to whether or not you are going to start gear or not. It's a very big one that you need to make. And if you are young, then I would naturally just kind of say, do you know what? Don't make that decision straight away. Please eke out all of your natural abilities, because if you are an 18, 19 year old man who or, or kid, should I say, yeah. who is thinking about going on gear and you haven't even eked out the bare minimum of your food and your training, then there's absolutely no point in going on gear. You're just going to destroy your natural aromatization of hormones because you, you've got that much testosterone in your body anyway. You don't need yeah. to take any more. And the, your first stepping stone into gear as a man is by having more testosterone. So it's like, well, just eke out everything else first. Mm. If you do that, then you'll be sound. I always say at least, at least three to five years in the gym before you even, and like consistently three to five years before you even think about it, let alone talk about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, eat out natural place. capabilities first and then do it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is that make sure that you've got your your nutrition and your training on point. You know, if you're training like a bloody idiot and you're eating like an idiot, then gear isn't going to do anything. You've got to be in the right position to start gear. You've got to earn the right to start it. But the, the, you know, it's the... It's, the in thing isn't it you know 
It's the end thing because people don't want to work hard anymore. That's all it no, is. They no, don't. No, don't. No, don't. They just do not want to work hard anymore. And it's just well, like, you know what? Stop working like this. Just stop. But, for everything, everything we've we've spoken about, from qualifications to, you know, putting the graft in the gym, doing the cardio, all of that boils down to hard work and consistency. Yeah. But they don't want to do that. They want the cookie cutter job off the back of a cereal box. Oh yeah. my god, that's taken me five minutes. Um, and then basically they want to. Oh yeah, oh, definitely. I'm going to have some gear. That's going to put me in a much better place. I'm going to pack it on, load it on, but I'll still go to McDonald's on a Friday night, Saturday yeah. night, Sunday night. Oh, Saturday night I'll have a bottle of vodka as well and whatever else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, doesn't work like that. doesn't work like that. But do you feel as, a, as coming from multiple sports, the quality from when you were competing earlier on in your life, to now there's a big difference massive absolutely massive and the reason for that is because like if i talk about me personally as well as some anecdotal experience from coaching others if you compete younger on like in the early years of teenagers right and then compare it to what you're like as like a 25 26 year old so say like eight years difference and that kind of thing the maturity that your muscle takes on throughout that time is immense. Mm. And it's the muscle density and the maturity that you want and that you need. Mm. And that is realistically what I would suggest that everybody does, you know, if compete as a compete as a teenager, absolutely compete young, you know, really learn to love it if that is what you want to do. But if you have the feedback that the judges actually say, no, do you know what? You're just too young. It's because your muscle isn't mature enough. So you don't have that dense granite look, you know, you can really, really look bang on in your thirties because of the muscle maturity that you've developed. Yeah. But do you feel the guys now coming up in their thirties haven't got that hard, grainy, mature look because they haven't put the work in earlier on? Sometimes it depends on again who you're looking at. So there are some guys who can. I mean, I know one girl who genetically she she literally trains like a fanny, and yet she can grow and she has the most amazing <laughs> physique. And it's just like, oh, do you know what? Sod off, because <laughs> it annoys you. Um, yeah, that they they're the rarities. They're the the Ronnie Coleman's of the yeah, world. Yeah, for sure. Very very like you know five percent as Phil he said. Yeah. I don't know why he came out of that figure, but hey. They're rare as rockings. Hence, yeah, for you know sure. I mean? But majority of the people, I feel, so between Australia and here, there's a massive difference, like unreal difference in my view. Um, and then I looked at, I judged and I sponsored the Waba Show at Body Power two years ago. Cool. And um, I judged on that. And the difference between the European girls and our girls mm. in like this, in my yeah, opinion. massive difference. Big differences. And it's, it seems like they're very much still old school in Europe than they are over here. Mm. Mm. So I don't know. don't know on your opinion of that. I just think it's um it's sort of gone a bit backwards because I think it's over-commercialised. It's over, you know. How many, how many actual federations are there in this country? Oh, gosh, huge, a huge amount. 
you know, too many to, too many to and then, and then how many, you know, how many, say for instance, an average bikini class, say at the Miami Pro. Oh, the Miami Pro is not a federation. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not a bodybuilding federation. It is a modeling show. If you want to be a Miami Pro, great. Okay. I'm very, very happy for you. I'm very pleased for you. But it is not bodybuilding. It's I found modeling. Something. I found something that dug you out on this. Yeah. Oh, it's modeling. It's modeling. If you want to be a model, be a model. It's wonderful. I think it's absolutely incredible. But some of the categories there are so much more modeling than it is bodybuilding. And yeah, it's like, comes like, if you want to be a bodybuilder, compete in a bodybuilding fair. And but it's going that way. It's going that way. But it shouldn't. It should. If you want to be a bodybuilder, be a bodybuilder. If you want to be a model, be a model. You know, you can be both. Of course you can. You can be a sports model. That's wonderful. But do not say that you're a pro. Oh, and they hand out pro cards like they're a Pro-card. I know, it is though, it is. There was one girl, right? There was one girl a couple of years ago and she went on, it was her first time and, you know, in, I mean, to be fair, I was very happy with it because, you know, I prepped her and she looked great and she was fabulous and she was just like, I've got my pro card. I'm like, what have you got your pro card in? Mums that lift. What? I'm sorry, what did you get your pro card in? What, the, what, what kind of professionalism is mums that lift? I'm sorry, but what is that? You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, it's great. And she's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm a Miami pro with mums that lit. Oh, oh man, really? She wants to go into the IFBB pro leagues because she's a pro. I'm like, no, girl, that's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's nowhere near the same thing. I'm sorry. Let's rein you back in at this point. You're oh. Do you know what I mean? But you're not IFBB pro, I. Oh, man. It oh, was man. funny. It yeah, is funny. It's, it's like the girls in, that, in the bikini class there. You know, oh yeah, I just walked off the beach in Ibiza. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, now I'm a pro. Mm. Uh, yeah, okay. No, you're not. You're Don't not. Don't get me wrong, right? You can see some of... Oh, God. I'm knocking over my microphone. Um, you can see some of the bikini girls and they look phenomenal, right? Mm. But then you look at the standard of the bikini girls in the Olympia. Now, come on. They are bodybuilders. You look at some of the, the bikini girls over here and you're like, ah, Wow. Did they forget to diet or what? You know, and then and then they come out and they're like, oh, the reason why I didn't play well was because I've outgrown the bikini class. <laughs> no, you haven't. No, you haven't. The no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait one sec. No, no, no. You've outgrown the, the, the bikini class because you haven't trained. But really, you're going to the wellness class. Oh, yeah, that's another one, yeah. Wellness class. wellness class, somebody who doesn't have to train. Mm -hmm. I have to train now. I was at an IFBB show in Australia, right? And they brought in a wellness class over there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. Please tell me this girl is not going to jump on stage. And this isn't me being, like, mean at all against her. Shouldn't have been on stage. No. There was, like, cellulite in the legs. You see, this is one thing that happens. It happens a lot, and yet it, it's it's, again... It's dishonesty from the coaches because the coaches should have that. They should have that openness to say, do you know what? You're not ready to get on stage. I had to do it to somebody and she was absolutely mortified. I said, I'm sorry, you're just not ready. And I am not going to put you on stage to embarrass yourself when well, you are not ready. I'll tell you now, I got to Australia in the 2019 and I threw my client away after the first show. Mm. I said, I'm not ready. You're not representing me. Mm. I said, 
I, okay, fair enough. I was in the UK, but I was on the phone all the time, check-ins twice a week, live. Yeah. You haven't done it. You haven't been, you haven't been accountable for yourself mm-hmm. in your actions. And um, even though she went on and win the next two shows, and she won them, and she kept my coach award, I was like, right, okay, finally kept my coach award. No one coached you, I coached you. Yeah, yeah. You know, but people don't want to take accountability for themselves. They just plonk on the coach mm-hmm. if, they, if they haven't been there. Um, but, yeah, it, it goes both ways, guys, girls. Um, for the next question, I'm going to ask um, Vicky in a sec is, but it goes both ways. So as Vicky's saying about communication between a coach and your client, you have to be open and honest, probably more open and honest than your marriage or your boyfriend or girlfriend, your partnership, because at the end of the day, you're representing them and they're representing you. And you have to be as one, not, oh, well, lastminute.com, I'm just going to plonk it on the other opposite person. Mm. So, Vicky, what would be your tips? Okay, we'll go for five, actually. Normally do three, but we'll go for five. What are your top five tips for looking for a coach? Okay, do your research. Don't just go for the shiny person on social media. Do your research. What I mean by that is ask, or in fact, this will be tip number two. For So do your research into your coach, right? Number two, ask questions from past clients and current clients into that coaching. So what has what their experiences been like? Um, and that kind of thing. Um, number three, approach that coach and see what their responses are like to general questions. Um, ask them about how they prefer to coach somebody, what their communication is like, how many people have they prepped. That's a big one. You know, just actually have a look at their record in terms of that. Um, number four, speak to them about or speak to your coach's endeavours, what they are, what their future plans are, um, what they are interested in, whether they're looking for more education and that kind of thing and all the rest of it. And actually, the, the top number one tip that I'm going to put right at the very, very beginning, follow the coach on social media for a while. Because even though we're saying like, you know, social media shouldn't be the be all and end all, that is what the coaches actually um, almost advertise themselves and promote themselves on. Follow them, look at them, look into the depths of them, watch their stories. You might actually have a look at their stories and just be like, you know what, this guy's a dick. I really don't like him. Might have a huge amount of followers. He might be nice and shiny and sparkly and all the rest of it. He might have great transformations. But if you don't resonate with him in the way that they speak and the way that they act, then they're not going to be the coach. I was, I was about to say, personally, is my thing would be is actually sit down with them and speak to them, either over the phone, see if you do resonate with them, see if you get on. Because... And not just on a level of, oh, yes, these are your calories today. This is what you got to have, et cetera, et cetera. You've got to be able to get on with them nearly as well as your partner. Yeah. Or if you're single, you know, you've got as your best mate, you know, you've got to be able to confine in that person as well. And if you're, if it's just a business transaction of like, by the way, there is your training plan. There is your food plan. 
by the way, check-ins on a Monday and a Friday at this time, this time only. But it doesn't fit into you. Yeah, it's not going to work. How are you going to resonate and how are you actually going to get on with that person? So I try to speak to my clients or if I'm taking on a potential client, I'd rather sit down with them and speak to them. See, like you say, put those questions out there, do those things. But yes, I yes, some people, and also be very careful and aware of some of your, um, you know, their posts might be a bit photoshopped. Or, oh, easily. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. things yeah. like that. Just be aware that, you know, it's not always the sugar-coated, beautiful state of, oh, yes, my clients come first, that clients come first, oh, yes, national champion, duh, 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 duh. Mm. do your research. But, Vicky, where can everyone get hold of you? So you can find me on Facebook, either in this group, just send me a personal message. That's no problem whatsoever. Other than that, you can find me on Instagram, which is where I am very, very socially active, as you can imagine, especially on the stories. Um, you can learn a lot about me and shoot me a DM on that side of things. Um, you just look for Tiny Titan um, or just type in my name, Vicky Masita. I'm the only one on there. Or you can have a look on Facebook, which is Titan Coaching. Um, or my website, which is titan-coaching.com. Yep. So you can go and stalk her, <laughs> annoy her, ask her some stupid questions. I'm sure you'll get some flying through at some point. Probably. You know, it's a, it's inevitable being a coach like that. Oh, yeah, can you uh, prep me in like eight weeks, please? Yeah, the answer's about that's going to be no. So. Um, yeah. Um, all the questions there at that point, no. Wait a second. Oh, yeah, I've just seen a, a pink thing flying through the sky with curly tail and going oink, oink, oink. That's the bugger. Yep, can't do that, I'm afraid. Um, so, guys, girls, Vicky, thank you very much for taking time out. Um, really enjoyed having you on here today. Um, all your stuff will be going on to SoundCloud and iTunes as well. That's why we tried to do the beep, beep, beep. And now I will go through if I have to find any and put in bleeps. Um, but I don't think I'm going to. I think you've been quite um, PC today. Vicky. I think I've been quite reserved. I'm quite proud of myself, to be perfectly honest. A big pat on the back. Um, yeah. Guys, girls, thanks very much for listening out um, and watching. Uh, do appreciate it. Do appreciate the... Uh, the following in the group keep it up keep the interaction up thanks again guys and girls from competition ready with ct